to the Homegrown Podcast from Keep Indiana Learning. Thank you for joining us for this episode, Celebrating School Counseling, delivered by the Counselor Connect. My name is Amanda Colhan, and I coordinate Counselor Connect. And my name is Samantha Vidal, and I'm a professional learning specialist in school counseling for Keep Indiana Learning. We are pleased to welcome to today's episode four School Counselor Award recipients, which were presented at the November ISCA conference. We're going to ask each of them to introduce themselves, share where they're a counselor, and their number of years as a counselor. Molly, can you start us off? Sure. My name is Molly Henry. I am a counselor at Northview Middle School in Washington Township, which is located in Indianapolis. And this is my fifth year as a school counselor. I am Allison Bird, and I am a counselor at Oak Hill Elementary School, which is located in Lowell, Indiana. That's in Lake County. I have been a counselor for 10 years. Hi, I'm Monica Anderson. Um, I am a middle school counselor here in Franklin, Indiana. Um, it's about 20 minutes south of Indy um, in Johnson County, and this is year 22 for me. Hi, my name is Aaron Shelby. Uh, I'm a school counselor at North Central High School in Indianapolis, and I'm in my 14th year in school counseling. Well, great. Thank you guys for being here. Um, we're excited to hear from you and learn from you today. Uh, we're going to start with the first basic question is when and why did you decide to become a school counselor? So what sparked your interest and love for this profession? Molly, we'll start with you. Well, it's funny. I actually don't remember writing this, but recently I, my parents were cleaning some things out and gave me a bucket of my old school things. And in there I found on my first day of eighth grade, we had written kind of a time capsule for ourselves. And one of the questions said, in 10 years, I will and I had written, be a school counselor. And I don't even remember writing that, so I won't. I guess I knew longer than I even realized that that's where I wanted to end up, but I must have forgotten along, <laughs> along the way somewhere. So, um, but I will say all through um, high school and college, I was actually a camp counselor um, at Camp Tecumseh, which is in West Lafayette, Indiana. Um, and just really, really enjoyed my experiences there working with kids and one of the things I remember about summer camp was all a lot of the sentiment that the kids would share would be not wanting to go back to school and not feeling like school was a safe place or an accepting place like they felt at camp. Um, and so I think I felt really strongly about how, what can I do to, you know, make schools feel a little bit more like camp in a way and just be those more you know, accepting um, and welcoming places where kids can be themselves and thrive and have a solid support system. That's great. It's almost like you manifested this career for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Allison, what about you? Um, I definitely think that there was a lot of things that contributed to it. I've always had an interest in psychology um, I remember even being in like middle school and high school and watching things about it. I actually always kind of envisioned myself on the other end, though, of like doing research. So even as an undergrad studying psychology, I still didn't foresee myself following this pathway. 
But then our very last semester, we had to do a field experience. And I happened to choose um, a middle school guidance office. That's, you know, a term that was that we used at that point in time. So I did my um, field experience for my undergrad and decided, wow, I had never really thought about being a school counselor before. And I really enjoyed it. I was working with middle schoolers and I really envisioned myself working with older students, um, helping them with their career choices, things like that. But I think a more interesting story is why I became an elementary school counselor is because having had experience at the middle school level during my first position as a school counselor, I was really motivated to want to get to the students at a younger level and help build that foundation for emotion management because when students are in middle school and you're really trying to build that, it can be quite difficult. So I was really fortunate to get the position that I have now. Um, and I really feel like it's such a good fit for my personality. I always tell the kids when I do my career in college lessons that I found the right career for me and I hope they do too. That's wonderful. Thank you. All right, Monica, how about you? So I would say similar um, experiences probably to Molly and Allison in that, you know, growing up um, was always sort of helping people in some capacity and interested in psychology and sociology in general. Um, and so, but it wasn't until I, I was a camp counselor as well. I, you know, did all of those types of things too. Um, but it wasn't until I did um, an internship my senior year in college. Um, and at that time, I, I feel like the profession was moving in the direction where we're solidly kind of placed today um, in that, you know, we're not always, you know, former teachers. Um, that we are um, credentialed and experienced professionals in our in our own right, um, and obviously have that background. So, um, but we I interned with an elementary school counselor and absolutely fell in love with it. Being able to just make a small little difference in a kiddo's life um, to make their you know maybe their day a little bit brighter, understanding that I can't control all the things, um, as much as we always, you know, want to try to fix stuff. Um, it just, yeah, I was hooked at that point. I definitely feel you on that one. And I am sure you did more than just brighten a little spot in their day, just knowing you. <laughs> all right, Aaron, last but not least. Yes. And so, you know, I bounced around a little bit after uh, graduating from college and did some work um, with a national fraternity, did some consulting with them. Um, and, and just really wasn't uh, sure about what direction I should go. And so I actually returned back to the school district where I attended uh, Washington Township Schools. And um, I ran into uh, one of the, my principal from elementary school, and he told me about a position that was open at one of the uh, middle schools and um, it was a, for a teacher's aid position. And so I did that and just felt like I wanted to be at a, the high school level. And one day my uh, linebacker coach um, came to Eastwood Middle School and told me about a position that had opened at North Central. And so it, it ended up placing me in a position um, as an attendance dean. And so 
when I knew I was, didn't want to do that was the day I walked into school and I passed a group of students and one of them said, I hate that dude. And I was like, stabbed to the heart. Um, I don't want students, you know, seeing me pass by and say, I don't like that guy. So I knew immediately I was going to need to make some type of change, some type of career move. Luckily, um, I had friends in the school counseling office and, and I was able to uh, talk with the school counseling director and through key conversations, relationships, you know, I think about times of, of prayer and agonizing over um, what direction I should go in. Um, it became clear that uh, school counseling was going to be the path for me as a student in school, um, having someone that could help me expand my vision beyond um, just playing sports um, would have been key. <laughs> and so now as a school counselor, uh, it's a great opportunity to speak to the students and help them um, to kind of settle into this opportunity of high school and make the most of it. Well, that's great. I know sometimes we wish we had that person in our lives, or maybe we did have that person in our lives, and that's what shaped us to take this path. But so glad that you all did, and we're all better for it. Um, so the next question is, what about each of your programs helped you to get nominated as an Indiana Award recipient for School Counselor of the Year? So thinking about your comprehensive programs, what do you think stood out as something um, that set you apart going above and beyond? Molly, what do you think? Um, I think, well, I guess I'll start by saying that I was awarded the Trailblazer Award, which is for someone in their first five years of school counseling. So I will not, you know, obviously I still have a lot to learn and, you know, growing to do in the profession. But I think that, um, you know, even though I haven't been here that long, I've really tried to help to move my school and my district towards that comprehensive school counseling program. So, you know, as soon as um, carrying the torch became available. I was like, sign me up. Um, I want to get get us to a place where we really are becoming more comprehensive and more, you know, data based and strategic in our programming and what we're doing. And we're not just putting out fires, but instead we're doing, you know, what we all know we should be doing as school counselors. So that one day down the road, um, you know, we we aren't there aren't as many fires to put out, right? Um, I think something that kind of pushed me. I actually. When I got hired five years ago, there were just two school counselors in every building. Um, and it, so it was me and actually the counselor I interned with. So we had a great working relationship and I was super comfortable those first couple of years. Um, but then she ended up getting a district level position. And so all of a sudden, um, I'm the you know oldest counselor in the building with only three years of experience or not oldest, but you know the most tenured, I guess. Um, and so really that, Although I was really nervous at first, I do think that kind of pushed me forward into stepping up as a leader in my building um, instead of kind of, you know, falling back and relying on someone who'd been doing it longer than me. All of a sudden, I was I was that person. Um, and then we actually added a new, we added a third school counselor to all of our middle school buildings. So it just seems like this time where a lot of progress could be made 
And I think I just kind of took it and ran with it. So we are going through carrying the torch. We are being really intentional. And I'm kind of just trying to do whatever I can to help, you know, help my school and lead my school to move more in that direction. So I think that might be something um, that contributed to my nomination. That's so awesome. I really commend you on taking that step and trying to be data driven and trying to meet the needs of all of your students. That's so great. Allison. Um, I definitely would have to echo some of Molly's sentiments in that I do feel like there's still a lot of areas of growth for the program that I have at my school. So in no way do I feel as though I've arrived. Um, but of course, that's probably something that most of us would agree with, that we want that continuous improvement. But I think for me, the part of our program at my school that is really beneficial is the tier one preventative classroom lessons. I think that that is just such an essential component of successful school counseling, not only because it's a part of the ASCA model, but because it really does foster those relationships with students. And it really does help build that foundation for further conversations. And I feel like I've really made an effort at our building to make all of that more cohesive. So a couple of years ago, we were fortunate enough to be approached by our central office asking about an SEL curriculum. And again, fortunately, they listened to the input that I and other counselors had about this and we were able to purchase it. It is implemented now at our buildings. I, we're in our third year of it. And what I love about that is tying those classroom lessons to the SEL curriculum makes it really meaningful for the students. So rather than them hearing me once a month um, and then promptly forgetting about that, the lessons that they're doing in their classrooms on a weekly or daily basis are really reinforcing those ideas and vice versa. So that has been really pivotal because not only does that help them gain the foundational knowledge they need to help themselves, but it also helps me build those relationships when I'm going into the classrooms. It also helps those conversations further down the line when I can refer back to things that we talked about and it was me talking with them in their classroom about it, not just something that they might have learned from another person um, I also think that another important aspect of my role in my building is just being involved in as much as possible um, because I am the only counselor, <clears throat> which can be challenging. It is important, though, that I'm on different committees, that I'm part of leadership teams, and that I embrace that role of being a big part of so many different things. And rather than having that attitude of like, you know, stick my office in some corner, like nobody knows what I'm doing or where I'm at. I really enjoy being in front of the kids with the staff, building those relationships. And I think that's probably what really sets me apart at my building. Well, I'm hearing a theme of being proactive um, you know, spending more time in tier two, less of those fires in tier two and tier three, um, really going above and beyond to do the best for kids and be a leader in your building. So sounds like you both are on that path. And I, I have no doubt that 
I know sometimes we have that imposter syndrome where we feel like, well, you know, I have more work to do, but really that's why you're here. And that's why you were recognized because you are someone who, um, always strives for a continual improvement. So always, always know you can always do better. Right. But you guys are doing great things. Monica, what about you and your program? Sure. Um, I guess I would continue to echo what the ladies have said before me. Um, when I came to the middle school, I here in Franklin, I was coming out of um, a high school environment and before that, an elementary environment. So I really, um, our, our department was honestly, it was, it needed a little bit of a makeover. <laughs> and so we, um, the other counselor at the time and I, you know, really just took the bulls by the bull by the horns, I guess. And, um, we implemented, you know, classroom lessons, um, counseling groups, um, being on different, you know, being club sponsors and different, um, things and not just, um, you know, your typical clubs, but we, you know, tended to advocate and strongly advocate for our students in ways that maybe hadn't been done as much before. Um, for example, we created a, um, a, a after school club for LGBTQ plus students. Um, and that was, that was a wave maker. Um, but we stuck to our guns and, and advocated um, for that. Um, we, advocated with our district to add an additional uh, mental health support person um, for our students, um, recognizing that, you know, after COVID, um, I'm sure everyone would agree that our, our mental health needs for our kids um, increased exponentially. So just, I would, I guess I would say, um, in my mind anyway, that the one of the things and the biggest things that contributed to our nomination was just that advocacy and that tireless work um, that we all do. And I hesitate to call it work because, you know, obviously it's our passion, but um, just not, you know, giving up and almost not taking no for an answer <laughs> as well. So. Well, your students are lucky to have you. You sound like a relentless advocate <laughs> for your kids. <laughs> Aaron, how about you and your program? Yeah. Um, I would say ditto to all of that, which was shared. And, you know, I think about um, the, the plate um, is always full for every counselor across the state. And so there are, um, uh, there's so much that gets in, in the way of uh, our, our desire to bring forth the best programs. The comprehensive school counseling program oftentimes gets sidetracked by the, the urgent, um, and sometimes we don't have time to attend to the important. And so um, I think um, striving to always um, improve uh, myself as well as my understanding of, of what is the requirements of a comprehensive school counseling program, um, just taking time out of um, the day to make sure that I know um, what's involved uh, in in the implementation of of such a program. I, I remember back in with the class of 2022, um, I, I wrote a grant um, requesting that I could provide a survey um, that I could pr 
provide to the students where they would have a chance to um, see their character strengths. Um, there was there was so much in the air um, related to COVID and the impact that it had on students and their experience and their um, resilience. And it was such an amazing opportunity to highlight that um, the students uh, they were not there were there were victims, but they were overcomers more than they were victims. And their character strengths um, are something that they could lean into and lean on as they're faced with adversity moving forward. So I, I think sometimes it's, I feel compelled to, as a school counselor, to make sure that the students feel like there may be obstacles, but that is what the the game of life is designed for and so um i think about our the current program maybe this is also a contributing factor i was able to secure another grant for um, a program that would actually empower student athletes to gain a, a perspective on the game um, that would lead them to service beyond uh, their sport, um, being able to influence um, the culture within their school as well as influence the middle school and elementary school students that are coming up. Um, as one of the other counselors had mentioned, so critical to have conversations about uh, social and emotional issues before uh, the students are actually at a higher grade level and being able to equip the student athletes at, at North Central um, with a message, with some practices of well-being, so that they can take those into the middle schools and high schools. I think it provides um, an opportunity uh, for us to expand um, our service delivery through students. Um, peer leadership is such a, a powerful uh, vehicle to get the um, get students to believe, get students to believe that they're going to be, be able to be successful academically, be able to overcome the, the challenges that they face. And so maybe some of those things contributed. Um, it, it is such a um, tremendous honor um, to be named the Indiana High School Counselor of the Year. Um, but like everyone said, we're on a journey and um, still looking to improve and get better. I think your all of your passion and and leadership really uh, shines right through when you, you know when you answered that question. Uh, it's kind of clear to see why each of you uh, were honored at this year's ISCA conference. So um, thank you for sharing a little bit about your program, uh, some of the components, and um, I'm going to move on to another question and share that National School Counseling Week is going to be celebrated uh, February 5th through 9th this year. And the theme is school counseling standards-based student-focused. Allison, I'm going to ask you, how does this theme apply to your work? Um, I think this is the perfect theme to apply to my work. I really love this question. Um, actually, one of the comments that my principal made, who is the person who nominated me for the award, um, was that I have these memorized, which 
is in no way true. I don't actually have all of the standards or competencies memorized, um, but I refer to them often and I think about them a lot because definitely as a school counselor, it is a challenge to try to envision like, how am I going to teach this skill? How am I going to measure this skill? How am I going to even determine what skill I need to teach in the first place. So I love that we have, you know, the ASCA mindsets and behaviors, the Indiana School Counseling competencies. I really loved for the brief time that they existed, um, the like sensory motor integration, like all of the SEL that was coming down from the IDOE that has since disappeared. Um, I really love all of those references because when I'm designing a lesson, I go to those. I think, okay, which one of these can I hit? Or obviously, ideally, I want to hit several. So I really enjoy including that in my um, lesson, that learning objective, tying it to the standards, because I will explain to my students, it's not just, you know, what we're learning today isn't just something that I want you to know, or your teacher or our principal. It's something that our entire state and our society deems important for your academic success, as well as your personal happiness. So because I have such a passion for that tier one preventative um, school counseling lessons in the classroom, to me, having those standards, having those competencies to refer to is perfect because rather than me trying to sit there and come up with what do these kids need to know, I can look to those standards. And I think that they do a great job of hitting on what children need to know at those each developmental levels, because there is such a focus on, you know, conflict resolution and emotion management throughout K through 12, but especially in my level at the elementary building, those are essential skills that the students really need to master in order to have, you know, the best chance of success in elementary school and beyond. So to me, I think that's a great theme, not only for National School Counseling Week this year, but in general in our profession, I really enjoy going to those when I start to feel overwhelmed by the myriad of things that we want to address and assist our students with. Um, there's so much need among our students, such a varied need. And of course, the different roles that we play in our buildings can be so different. So I feel like it's actually a very comforting thought to me to have those to fall back on as a way to guide my work when I start to feel a little bit like I'm getting too far out there and really need that focus to help me hone back into what I should be doing. Thanks, That's Allison. And, and I, I love the theme too. And I was just going to say it's uh, for those listeners who may not be in the school counseling profession, uh, school counselors do have standards um, similar to teachers and student standards, the mindsets and behaviors, just like those academic standards. So uh, just I'm glad you referenced those um, with your response, too, for anybody who may not be familiar with those. All right, Erin, we know it's been a very different and difficult few years. What keeps you going? You seem to have this riz, as the kids say, um, and 
I want to know how, how do you find this joy? Where do you find it in your profession and outside of your profession? Can you give us a little tip or, or tell us what keeps you fueled? Sure. Sure. And so um, it's very interesting before the pandemic actually hit, I was able to participate in a coaching program led by a guy named Brian Johnson. He just released a book called Arate, uh, Unlocking Your Heroic Potential. And so um, if anybody knows Brian and has ever met him, (laughs) they would realize the energy that he provides in uh, his instruction and his, uh, he's pulling from positive psychology resources, uh, the best of self-development. And so some of those things, um, really just learning to practice um, things that we all know as school counselors are beneficial. Um, meditation. Um, there is a, um, as we know, a, a great benefit in, in movement, um, stretching. Uh, I'm a former student athlete, so getting in the gym and uh, hitting the weights is um is also beneficial um inside the school at times when i'm feeling bogged down i would have to say that um key relationships that i can stop in and see how someone's doing and really experience that pick me up someone who um is it, it helps build that sense of um, keep keep going, keep uh, doing what you're doing because it's good. I know it's hard, but it's good. Keep going. Um, those things are, are critical. I have uh, two boys, um, a fifth grader and a seventh grader. And so it, it gives me joy outside of um, the workplace um, to, to be with them, to engage um, in conversation. With them, I have a, a emerging athlete. He plays every sport. <laughs> a little, it was mini me, um, and you know, it's again that's it's all about relationships. Being able to have a, a good meal, um, being able to get a workout in, being able to take a nap, um, all those things are uh, vital contributors to uh, renewing um, yourself in the midst of all that we are involved in on a daily basis. Yeah. I know sometimes we cringe when we hear self-care, you need to have self-care, meditate, but really what you're saying is so true. It's a balance of everything and taking care of yourself mentally and emotionally and physically and doing the things that your body and your brain needs so that you can take care of others. So thank you for sharing that. Monica, um, as we referenced a little earlier, National School Counseling Week is approaching. It's coming up very soon. How do you use this week and other times throughout the school year to advocate for the great work that counselors do? Well, um, my, I guess our, our team really work um, closely just together in general and, and throughout the year so that when that week um, comes, we don't necessarily, um, we do some extra things, but we don't necessarily highlight ourselves, if you will, um, because I think very easily it could turn into a 
let's celebrate, you know, school counselors. Not that, you know, we would turn that away. However, <laughs> you know, to look at ways to advocate for ourselves um, and just our profession. Simply, um, I think Allison had mentioned being present um, on leadership committees, um, you know, doing staff development whenever possible on different things so that our knowledge base um, and our perspective can be seen and appreciated, um, that we do present, um, you know, kind of a, a a tool in the game, so to speak, when it comes to educating our kids. So we will do um, announcements about, you know, do you know what it takes to be a school counselor? And do you know um, this or that and those kinds of things? And we will highlight some of our, our standards and, and things like that. Um, but really it's just overall, I think as a school counselor, being present, being an advocate um, and showing up every day. Um, as much as we all don't, we're not always on our A game, but at least trying to be, <laughs> so. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. Following up with that, um, Molly, I'm wondering, what are some ways in which our listeners um, can participate in National School Counselor Week and advocate for the profession? Do you have any ideas or tips or strategies that you can share? Sure. Um, I think, you know, from the school counseling standpoint for our school counselor listeners, Monica touched on some great ways that, um, you know, you could use it as a week of advocacy. Um, I know every year I like to do the little um, on, you know, the school counselor week, you have the, along with the theme, you have the hashtags and social media challenges. And I like to have fun with those and push them out, um, you know, through our school social media, through my personal social media, just to kind of get the word out. Um, about the week. I think that um, if you're not a school counselor, you can really use the week to learn more about school counseling. So whether that's talking to the school counselors in your community, in your building, in your district about, you know, just learning more about what they're doing, their programs, how you can support them, not just this, you know, for that week, but throughout the year as another stakeholder. I think that's a great opportunity to ask and learn more about that. Um, you know, I think for as far as school counseling has come, you know, there's still a lot more education that we need to do. You know, just the other day, I heard someone say, you know, like, I feel like I could be a school counselor. You just talk to people. And, you know, like we, we kind of laugh because it's like, oh, if only, <laughs> if only it was that easy, you know, then I think everybody would be a school counselor. But obviously we as school counselors know that's not true, but that to me was a cue like, okay, I what else can I be doing so that that narrative isn't the pervasive narrative, you know, in my school community? Like what else can we be sharing about what we're doing um, and just publicizing that a little bit more? So I think you can use that week um, to really just push all of, all of the amazing things you're doing as a school counselor or if you're not a school counselor, learn about, you know, what your school counselors are doing or visit the Ask Our ISCA websites and, you know, look at those competencies and standards that Allison was talking about, familiarize yourself a little bit more with them or, you know, anything like that I think can help and just use it as a week of learning, a week of promoting um, and just really, you know, getting, getting as much information as you can about the awesome work that's going on across the state with school counseling. Those are great suggestions. Thank you so much. And thank you to all of our special guests today. What a team. I feel like we could talk to you and learn from you for 
the rest of the day, but we'll respect everyone's time for today. And just thank you for everything that you shared. National School Counseling Week will be celebrated February 5th through 9th. Take this time to learn more about the role of your school counselor in your life. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Homegrown Podcast. Please share this episode with an educator you know. It helps if you subscribe, rate, and review us. Visit us at www.keepindianalearning.org to find more resources and professional learning opportunities. 